Welcome to the sermon podcast of Damascus Road Church. For more information about Damascus Road Church, go to damascusroadonline.com. All right, um, why don't you go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and uh, why don't you stand with me, and we're going to uh, do something a little different here today. So I'm going to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 8, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to chat, all right? Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1, For everything there is a season, there's a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep. And a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. All you hugging people need to read that verse, alright? There's a time, (laughs) there's a time to stop hugging, (laughs) alright? A time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war. And a time for peace. God, I thank you. Thank you that you're a God who is over times and seasons. And that you're sovereign and that you're faithful. And that you love us and that you're trustworthy. And that your plans and purposes are bigger than we can conceive and better than we can construe. And God, we are entirely dependent on your Holy Spirit. We're entirely dependent on who you are and what you've done. And so we ask you, God, to make your presence just profoundly, deeply in the most saturated way, make your presence palpable here today, and uh, speak to us as your people, and lead us as your people for your glory and for our joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, go ahead and have a seat. So I want to talk today about times and seasons, and uh, if you read down through the Bible, it's actually a topic that gets talked about quite a bit, times and seasons, and, and, and new beginnings, and old stories, and all those kinds of things, and whenever you read the book of Ecclesiastes, written by the wisest man who's ever lived, not the best man who's ever lived, but the wisest man who's ever lived, gives us a general biblical conception of seasons, and that is that they're all necessary, that they're all necessary, that they're all uh, purposeful, that they all have a point, they don't all feel the same, well, they aren't all enjoyed the same way, but seasons are something that are necessary, in order for you to have spring, you've got to have what? You gotta have winter, right? And uh, I hear that there's a season called summer. I haven't seen it for so long. I forget what it is. But uh, a good hug is is best represented in the absence of hugging, right? There there is a very distinct and purposeful seasonal element to the working of God. Uh, whenever Paul is talking to Timothy, he tells him something very important in Second Timothy chapter four. Verses 2 and 4. It should be coming up on the screen there behind me, but I'm going to read it right out of the Bible for you. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses uh, 1 and 2 specifically. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word. And then what does it say? Be ready in season and out of season. Be ready in season, out of season. So we're talking about... Seasons, we're talking about the understanding that seasons are purposeful, they're not all equally enjoyable, but they're all necessary and they're all 
was full, and we have Paul say to Timothy, regardless this, of the season that you're in, be faithful. Be faithful in the season that by God's grace and under God's sovereignty, he's put you in. If you're in a season of war, war well. If you're in a season of peace, be at rest. But be faithful with where God has placed you. Be content with where God has placed you. And if you're like me, I've got a difficult time with this, right? Whenever I'm in a season of peace, I, I sometimes long for war. And whenever I'm in a season of war, I long for peace. And, and God many times has had to teach me to be present in the place that He has me for the season that He has me in so that He can teach me the things that He wants to teach me and show me the purposes that He has for me. Be instant, in season, and out of season. And then in Psalms 31, verses 14 and 15, David, man who knew about season, said something profoundly worshipful. He says, But I trust in you, O Lord, and I say, You are my God, and my times are in your hands. My times are in your hands. So when we think about seasons in the Bible, there's three incredibly important things that seasons are necessary. Uh, times, changes are necessary. We're to be faithful in the season that we're in, and we're to trust God in the season that we're in. My times are in, are in your hands. My season is in, is in your hands. Uh, what's happening is in your hands. You're sovereign, I'm not. You're God, I'm not. You're powerful, I'm not. I trust you. I, I take where I am and who I am, and I, I give it to you, knowing that you'll handle it better than I will. Um, so there's always been a tension for me, uh, since God has saved me. And that was that I, I read the Bible and I see uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and I see Paul talking to Timothy and, and I read the Psalms and I see this worshipful offering. Uh, but I've always wondered um, how it works to be submitted where I am and to be desiring something else. Does that make sense to you? So I'm, I'm in this season and things are happening, good or bad, but I'm, I have these desires that may not correspond with where God currently has me. And so what's the tension between me being able to say to God, uh, God, I've got, I've got these desires and I've got these hopes and I've got these cravings and I want to be exactly where you have me, exactly what you want to do with me for, uh, uh, for whatever your purpose is and whatever your intents and whatever your plans are. And, and as I've tried to walk with God for the last, man, almost 20 years now, um, I've always found that to be a very mysterious thing. And so I want to talk to you today uh, about, uh, about some raw things. Whenever I came to uh, DR, everyone would tell me, that church is so raw, and I had no idea what that meant. Uh, and so, <laughs> like meat, or, yeah. Um, and so this is going to be probably as honest a talk as you have heard uh, me give, and maybe that you've heard a pastor give. So let me, let me talk to you about um, some desires that I have. Uh, two years ago, my wife and I had a wonderful surprise, and that started uh, with her showing a stick to me that had two lines on it that she had just urinated on. <laughs> and... Uh, We've been talking about having uh, another another child, and and we put together a loose plan, and that plan was profoundly effective. 
in a shorter uh, span of time than we expected. And so uh, my wife got pregnant with who we now know as Isaiah, a big-headed, blonde boy who runs with every part of his body, right? And, uh, and my, wife, uh, my wife has always had really difficult pregnancies. She gets really, really sick. Uh, we got lots of mamas and mamas to be around here, so y'all understand that. And so it was a tough pregnancy for us. Um, but whenever you know you get up to the point where you're about to give birth to that baby, not me, her, uh, and and you go to the hospital, and and Isaiah's our third child, but he's the first child that we've had with no family around. Uh, and so there wasn't grandma wasn't waiting in the in the waiting room. Uh, we dropped Noah and Emma off to. Uh, Jane Allsweeds, and we went in and we had a baby, and we were stoked about that. And then we had some family come up. We introduced a lot of our family members uh, to Isaiah through social media and Skype, and uh, and that was hard for us. Uh, when we came to Madison, we we came with two kids in tow, and and we had been away from family for quite a while, and uh, and that was just the normal. And and when we had Isaiah. To be honest with you, I, I didn't see that bugging me, but it did. It did bug me. Uh, about a year after that, my wife was walking down our stairs. We've got like six stairs. We have a tri-level. She's walking down the stairs, and she slipped. And that motherly instinct, that God-given motherly instinct came in. And so instead of turning like she would have, or like I did two months after, later when I fell, uh, she stayed completely perpendicular to the stairs to protect uh, our baby, Isaiah, and in the process, she broke her pelvis. And uh, she uh, went to the, I, she screamed like I have, I've never heard her scream, and uh, hit the floor and could not get up. And uh, we took her to the doctor, and the doctor said, you know, you got a bruise or a sprain or a contusion or whatever. Um, and so she went home, and she couldn't, she couldn't get off the couch. And I was carrying her to the bathroom, and, and she went to physical therapy, and they started messing with it, and she came back in excruciating pain. Now, my wife is uh, as pretty as a lady as you'll ever see, but she, she's tough. You do not want to mess with her, all right? Let me just tell you. And so if my wife is laid up like that, it's because of a legit thing. And so she tried to do physical therapy, and it just wasn't working. And, and, and two weeks later, we found out, oh, whoops. Uh, your pelvis is broken. And so she went in the hospital for about six days. And, uh, and during that time, I was hanging out with the baby and with the other two and uh, trying to be a good daddy and husband and pastor. And, uh, and, and we, we were missing family. Y'all were so gracious to us and so kind to us and brought us lots and lots and lots and lots of food. Um, but there is something about inviting a friend over to help you carry your wife to the bathroom that just feels a little weird. And so uh, we started, to, we started uh, really long to be around family. Uh, around that time, I, I've told you, I started to do some counseling and uh, got connected to a counselor and started to talk to him about my family tree. And uh, my family tree is a mangled bush, <laughs> like many of yours is. And uh, my wife and I started to talk around what our branch of the family tree would look like and what God might do with that branch and what we hope for. And every time it kept coming back to, uh, man, we want a lot of family at soccer games and ballets and, you know, uh, piano recitals. And, and, uh, and I'm, a, 
I'm a real independent dude. Uh, probably too much. There's some dysfunction in it. But I really started to crave uh, being around family. And so I uh, was processing that with my coaches and with my counselor and with my wife. And God, what? You got us in this season and we have this desires, these desires. And what? What should we do with that? Um, I have another desire. Uh, and that desire revolves around DR. And my desire for DR... is that Jesus would be made much of and that people would fall in love with him and that this would be a thriving church that is a beacon of light in a very dark city called Madison. And, uh, and when I came here four years ago, this church was, was, was in chaos. Um, and there was a lot of hurt and there was a lot of fatigue. And, and everybody who I ran into was either in chaos, ticked off, or worn out, and uh, and I had been called very clearly by God to come and to be a part of putting the house in order. And, and uh, when I talk about putting the house in order, I should clarify that that's more like a construction thing than an interior design thing, right? Uh, and so this was a this was a church that had started off with a bang, and then the foundation had begun to crumble a little bit. And so I came in with my overalls and my truck and a lot of ideas of how to, how to get this house rebuilt. And, uh, and during that time, um, God's been un- unbelievably gracious. Uh, some of the leaders that he's put me in contact with, some of the people who have invested so deeply, guys like Dan Wenzel, um, Kevin Fountain, Tracy Fountain, Dave and Latoya Ori, Jackie Babcock, Chris Olson. Good and godly people. Uh, and, um, and they, you guys trusted me for no good reason. And you welcomed me for no good reason. And we, over the last four years, have spent a lot of time together praying and worrying and building and laying better foundation that would make much of Jesus. And, uh, and over the last four years, God has saved almost 75 people in Damascus Road Church. Yeah. And, uh, and we've had the opportunity to baptize 104 people. 104 people. Yeah. And, uh, and when I came, there was, there was one elder, and he had a weird goatee. Uh, and now there's five, and we have two elder candidates. When I came, there was no deacons, and now we have ten. Uh, there was no groups, and now we have ten. Uh, there was no money, and now we have no money. <laughs> but hey, four out of five ain't bad, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, we've graduated over 40 people from Porterbrook, and... This past week, uh, we went to the pizza oven, my, me for the first time, and had marginally good pizza. And, uh, and I sat around a table with people like Stan and Cheryl Wilson and, and Derek and Aaron Hobbs, and I listened to them talk just casually. And they were so deeply and beautifully theological, so deeply and beautifully missional. They were talking like complete strangers to who they, they were pre-Porterbrook. And I just kind of sat back and just said, man, God, you've been, 
you've been so unbelievably faithful to Damascus Road. I want to be honest with you guys. Four years ago, uh, this church was heading toward not existing. That's just the reality of it. It it was very near not existing. And from my uh, perspective, uh, God carry underwooded us, which means he took the wheel and, uh, and we were, <laughs> and we, yeah, that's the only Carrie Underwood reference you'll ever hear from me for the rest of my life. Um, and he steered us away from, from, from the precipice. And so over, over the last four years, uh, I came in a certain season over the last four years, God has led us into a different season. And, uh, and DR is still a very interesting place. We're very young. Very young. But we are, we are full of lots of vigor and uh, lots of excitement and lots of, lots of the faithfulness of God. And so I took uh, desires to my coaches and to my counselor. And I said, uh, if, as I see it, DR is heading into a new season. Um, that new season involves a new building. Uh, it involves new opportunities. It involves a newly built, wonderful leadership team of elders and deacons. Uh, and it involves a new lead pastor. Um, when I came here, guys, I, I, God gave me a lot of opportunity to use the gifts that, I've, that I have, and that mostly involves bringing order to chaos and running my mouth, <laughs> and, uh, and developing leaders, and, uh, and the needs of DR have changed. They've changed. Uh, what you guys have become is a young, beautiful, vibrant community that's in need of some seasoning and some maturing, uh, so that God will continue to use us, and, uh, I'm not your guy anymore. I'm not. And I've sat in front of you and I've sat beside so many of you and I've said, when you know you're called to something, you have to do it. And when you know you're not, you have to stop. And so over the last handful of months, I have taken my, uh, my Monday morning prayer and vision time and I've said, God, what does the future hold? And... and I very strongly believe that he told me that it's full of a lot of life and a lot of beauty and a lot of grace and a lot of his faithfulness and that, uh, and that our, our roads are, are going different directions at this point. Um, I feel like God let me come to be a part of laying footers, but now you guys are needing an interior decorator and Let's just be honest, that's not me. <laughs> it's not me. Um, and so I began to pray that God would make clear uh, what he had for DR. And, and as I talked to my counselors and my coaches, uh, an invitation was afforded to me in the city of Indianapolis uh, to be a part of a church that is 10 minutes from my wife's parents. Uh, that's 35 minutes from the west, rest of my wife's family. Uh, that's two and a half hours from my mom and sister, but the natural meeting spot is the city of Cincinnati, which is where uh, we spent 10 years of our life and where my kids think they're related to people, <laughs> but they aren't. 
Um, I, uh, in a very real sense, asked God if he would continue to let me serve his people, but let me choose the zip code. And um, toward the flourishing of my family, toward the correcting of our family tree, um, we've decided to accept that invitation. And so um, I gave my resignation to the elders about two months ago. Um, couple things. Um, when I came to DR, my wife and I visited it uh, four years ago. And um, I, I can tell you now, uh, I didn't like it. I really didn't. I, I couldn't really conceive of a way that I would ever fit. Uh, it, was, it was a really hurting church and and y'all had niceness deep down, but it wasn't coming out on the surface. You know what I'm saying? So I, I thought, man, I, God, if you call us here, I'm gonna feel, I'm gonna feel like a stranger for a long time. And uh, I couldn't have been more wrong about that. Um, when I look around uh, this room, um, you guys are so deeply, deeply loved by the Duns. And the Duns have been so deeply loved by you. I, I am eternally grateful. Um, thank you for uh, letting me be your pastor. Thanks for uh, your kindness and your generosity and your grace. And thanks for making Madison a home for us. Um, once, once this all kind of settles in, um, a couple things are going to happen. I had a dear friend say to me, I, I'm excited for you, but I'm a little bit afraid because as I always believed as long as you were here, DR would be all right. <laughs> and, uh, and I know that that was meant to be complimentary, and, and I received it as such, but the enemy is going to want to say to you, the future is dark and scary and hopeless. You've been through this. It didn't go well. And what I want to say to you is that nothing could be further from the truth. This is a different church than it was four years ago. But God is the same God. And God's been incredibly faithful. And, uh, and the future of DR is not in question in my heart and mind. Uh, the future of DR is very bright and very fruitful and very God-glorifying and very joyful to be a part of. And so... Uh, over the next uh, handful of weeks, I'm going to have the opportunity to do my last full series, and it's, it's going to come full circle. When I was uh, in the interview process, they said, what are you hoping to do? And I said, honestly, two things. I want to develop leaders, and I want to make much of Jesus. And so <laughs> it's interesting that we would have a series called True and Better in which Jesus is the hero of every story. And so uh, I'm going to take the next seven weeks to do that series, and then May 31st will be my last Sunday. Um, this Wednesday, we're going to have a meeting that anyone who wants to come to it can, and, and we'll talk to you about some details and some processes. I can tell you right now that the elders have been working very, very hard uh, to have God provide the next lead, 
guy here, and uh, I'm, my opinion, I'm very confident that uh, we're going to be able to introduce him to you before I leave. Uh, I've been very involved with all that, Thank you know, by God's grace. And my hope is that I'm going to be able to put my arm around him and introduce you all to him. Uh, but um, the seasons are changing for all of us. And so uh, I just want to thank you and uh, tell you how much I love you and tell you that that will never change. Thank you. Thanks. So, um, a lot to me. Um, I'd like to do this. Uh, whenever you were at season changes and intersections, uh, lots of emotions come up, and, and I want you to just feel comfortable with whatever's coming up. Um, there's no right or wrong way to do this. I'm going to be around. I'm going to be available. If you want to fist fight me, I'll be out back. <laughs> uh, but no, I'd love to do coffee with you and just process with you. Um, I, I, I'm here until... Uh, the end of May until the beginning of June, and, and so I'm available. This isn't, I'm not going to be hovercrafting here. Uh, I want to be a part of the next season looking well, and and y'all feeling good and excited about what I believe God's up to. Um, so what I'd like to do uh, is I'd like to have the elders come up, and I'd like to have the deacons come up, and we're just going to pray. Uh, and we're going to pray because this church is is God's, Right? And because the plans and purposes that he has, uh, we want to know. And so I want you to be able to see the elders and the deacons, and, uh, and we're going to pray. Uh, and then I just want to invite you that if, if you think that DR is your spiritual home and you want to come up and, and just pray, and, you know, in, in uh, old churches, this is called the altar. Uh, here it's called in front of the stage. Um, <laughs> But uh, this is just a spot where we can kind of come and just be together and pray. Uh, We've got a handful of folks that are going to pray. And so if you just want to come up and join us, I would love that. If you don't feel comfortable with it, that's cool too. But if DR is your home, just if you want to come up, and we're going to pray together and just ask for God's wisdom and grace moving forward. If you want to come up, you can come now. Uh, there's, no, there's no time delay on that. And then I'm going to have the band come. And... Uh, in, in seasons, uh, God's people worship and they pray, right? And so we're just going to pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Matt and Kevin and Justin um, and uh, if any of the other elders or deacons want to pray, that'd be awesome. You got a new hat? That's good. That's good. Um, but yeah, just um, say, God, you know, what do you got for us moving forward here? And we, we love you and we trust you. So... Sound good? Good enough? Okay, why don't you go ahead and have a seat, and uh, we're just going to spend a little bit of time praying together, and uh, I'll go first, and <laughs> the man with the funny goatee, why don't you finish this up when you think... I don't have it. I know, I know, but I still love you. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you for the church. 
God, I know that uh, she can be ugly and broken and dysfunctional. Uh, she can also be beautiful and redemptive and alive. And uh, over the last four years, you've led us so incredibly well. I thank you. I want to thank you for this church. I want to thank you for your faithfulness to her, for your long-suffering with her, for your provision of her. I want to thank you that 75 people's eternity is going to be different because of the last four years of this church. I want to thank you for the leaders, uh, the elders, for the deacons, for the members, for the community group leaders, for the people who, who make this church what it is. And God, I want to thank you for what the past has been. I want to thank you uh, for today. And I want to thank you for a God who is trustworthy and who is already in the future. I want to thank you that you have plans and purposes and intents for this place that far exceed any man, any group. They're eternal. They're kingdom-minded. They're city-changing. They're Christ-exalting. And God, we want everything that you have for DR. And even though you're Moving me, God, I love this church. Thankful for this church. She's a beautiful, beautiful place. So thanks for letting me be a part of it for a season. God, we admit the future, we can't see it, and so we're trying to trust you. And so would you uh, you just show up strong on our behalf? Would you be faithful as you promised to do? Would you build your church as you promised to do? Would you make her more beautiful and more fruitful and more glorifying to you and more full of life and joy uh, and more celebration so this can be a, a broad and bright and beautiful beacon of the gospel, of love, of hope to the city of Madison. We thank you.